Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. God is so good. I was thinking about uh, the, the songs and the testimonies this morning, and I thought about the, um, the thought, you know, the, it was spoken that God is good. You know, the problem with us is that we define what good is by our own definition. And God is way beyond the good that we define. God, uh, the scripture says about prayer that he does exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. And I believe that that is because we can't ask enough. We can't, we're not, we don't, we can't imagine big enough. God's, God's got more than what we ourselves uh, can even think or imagine. And I'd like to share with you this morning from Mark chapter 11, verse 15. You know, with uh, the new technology, I thought I don't even need to bring notes because all I have to do, they put all my notes on the app and all I'd have to do is bring up the app and just look at that. So, but I, I, when that first came about, I thought, I don't want them seeing all my notes. What would I have to say? <laughs> all they'd have to do is read my notes. But you know, uh, I always say more than what, uh, what's there. But uh, I'd like to, I'll start out reading from Mark chapter 11, verse 15. There's a lot more to this, but we'll just start with those scriptures. It says, so, uh, so they came to Jerusalem. Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the money, the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold dove, and he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Then he taught them, saying, uh, "Then he taught them, saying to them, it, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of thieves." You know, I've been in the ministry for a long time. We'll say at least forty years. And uh, I remember uh, the, the church, the first church, well, not the first church, but the church I settled in after I got out of the Navy, they were having a dispute over that scripture. You have made this house a den of thieves. Well, they, ha- they also had a, uh, a Christian school, K through 12. And so they were raising money by, uh, I guess it was a yard sale, a huge yard sale, but it was outside on the parking lot. But some of the people said, you're turning this house into a den of thieves. <laughs> you know, at that particular point, I didn't take sides, but I don't think that's what he's talking about. 
But again, we interpret, we interpret Scripture, we interpret God by, by our own experience. You can interpret God by your experience. You can, if you had a wonderful father, even though they were wonderful, they weren't as wonderful as God, the father. You could have had an abusive father and you define God by that abusive father. You might, you know, you like Jesus, but you're not so sure about the Father because you don't want any abuse. And maybe you went to a church where there uh, was abuse. You know, I learned more of what not to do in church than what to do. You know, uh, <laughs> I remember the pastor used to sit, and he was really controlling. And during, during the worship service, and even if we had a guest speaker, he sat up on the platform, which is about eight feet high, or maybe six feet. And so while the guest speaker was preaching, if he said something that you knew that the pastor didn't agree with, your eyes just shifted <laughs> to the pastor. I remember... Uh, I, I'll never get to the sermon if I get re keep remembering. But, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so again, I learned a lot of what you, you wonder, well, why don't you sit on the platform? I don't want you looking at me. <laughs> at one time, I threatened to put mirrors <laughs> up there because at one particular time, I had a guy that would scrowl. Is that, is that a... a Scowl. He would scowl at me. I remember he scowled at Melody one time, and I scowled back at him. <laughs> but anyway, you know, you ought to see your faces sometimes. <laughs> Hallelujah. I ought to probably put a mirror back there so I could see my face. How about that? <laughs> oh, thank you. Always love truth. <laughs> Anyway, uh, we started out in Mark eleven fifteen. I wanted to, I wanted you to notice uh, that the Bible says that Jesus says about the temple. He says, he says that my house shall be called a house of prayer. Now we know that there were several man-made temples. We know about the Temple of Solomon, and we know about. I don't know if you if you realize this that everything God told them to make was beautiful. If you look at the, if you look at the Ark of the Covenant, uh, God told Moses, make sure you make everything according to the pattern that you saw. God, Moses, Moses and the Israelites just didn't come up with an idea, this is the way we're going to worship God. No, God showed them exactly how he wanted things, and so the Ark of the Covenant was made of acacia wood and it was overlaid with gold. It was beautiful. And you, you wonder about the wood. Well, the wood was a representation of humanity and the gold was a representation of, um, of divinity. And you know that Jesus Christ was son of God and son of man. 
So even in the temple, God, uh, God was zealous for his house. But I want to talk about another temple. The one temple that we're talking about here where Jesus goes in and drives out the money changers, that was a man-made temple. It was, God gave them direction, but it was still just a man-made temple. And Jesus said, you've made my house a house of prayer. But there was also another temple and it's God-made. You know, the, the Bible says that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, you might look in the mirror and you might think, well, that's not very beautiful. But God does not just look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. When the, when the prophet Samuel went to anoint the next king, he, uh, he looked at the elder one and he said, surely this is the next king of Israel. But they went through all, they went through all of Jesse's sons that were present and he, God said, no, this isn't it. He said, you look at the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. And so David ended up being the one God chose. He looked at his heart and he said, I found a man after my heart. And one of the reasons was that he will do everything that I say. Everything. He did stumble a couple of times, but we won't go there. How many of you know you stumbled a couple of times? Both you and I. I've got this one picture on my phone. It's, it's a man standing there, and it, uh, the caption is, Jesus knows the worst part. Jesus is the only one that knows the worst part about you. But he still saved you. He still loves you. I love the scripture that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, especially to those who believe. You know, it's not enough just to come to church. It's not enough to just to say I'm a Christian. It's not enough just to pass out tracts. I've got to come to the place where I believe and I act on what God says. So he said, but the part I wanted to get to, he says, he taught them saying, it, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the temple corporately together, but we are also individually the temple of the Holy Spirit and God is zealous over you and he wants, he wants all of us to be a house of prayer. He said, well, pastor, I just don't have time. Is that right? I don't have time. I've got too much TV to watch. I've got a, don't you realize? I, I don't even know what's on TV. Uh, yeah. But anyway, we, I, I, don't need, I don't need that. Yeah, I, I, whatever. Not that I don't watch TV. I just don't know the programming. But anyway. He says, I've called you to be a house of prayer. That is us corporately 
but that's also us individually. And God has, God hasn't made this difficult. He says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He doesn't come, he didn't come to give you a, bunch, a lot more rules. As a matter of fact, if we read the context of where he said that, he was talking about the, the religious leaders and he said, Father, I thank you that you have hidden the truth from, from these. Uh, that's not the words he used. From the wise and prudent. And you have revealed your truth unto babes. That's why Jesus said, uh, you know, unless you, uh, unless you become like little children, you shall not enter the kingdom of God. Thank you. Why do I even bring notes? <laughs> I don't know. But actually, this particular scripture here is a fulfillment of a prophetic word that David gave. David, between David and Christ was about a thousand years. How many of you waiting for a prophecy to come to pass? You waiting on a prophetic word and here, David's prophetic word took a thousand years roughly for it to come to pass. And I also want you to notice that Jesus would not allow he wouldn't allow anyone to carry their stuff, wares. The Bible used wares. How many of you have stuff? <laughs> he wouldn't allow them to carry this stuff through the temple. You know what? A lot of times we're looking for a shortcut. That's what they were doing. They were taking a shortcut through the temple, and Jesus said, no, this isn't a place for a shortcut. You know, a lot of times we, we look for a shortcut in our relationship with God. Well, I'll just do, uh, you know, I'll just do this quick thing. I'll do a quickie. Boy, boy that could go in a lot of directions. <laughs> I just want to do this quick. I got, you know, I got to get over this. You know, I got to get through this. no. Your relationship, how would you like your spouse to do a quick, uh, let me rephrase that. In your relationship with you, how would you like them just to, well, just quick. And I'm not talking sexually. I'm talking about your relationship. Just quick. Just, get, just do the necessities. Do, do, do the quick stuff because I got things to do. I got to get out of here. You don't want that. And God doesn't want you to have a quick thing where you're just taking a shortcut just to say, well, I fulfilled my, my duty with God. Yeah. None of you want to be in a relationship here this morning where you, somebody that you're with is just fulfilling their duty. Right. You don't want somebody fulfilling their duty. You want somebody that is invested in you. Thank you, Lord. So, how many of you know, uh, they, I think they started singing this song, but there's a song called, All to Jesus I Surrender. 
All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all. You know, you got, sometimes we just think when we went to the altar, we got down on, maybe you didn't get down on your knees, but you got down on your knees and you prayed the sinner's prayer and you think, well, I gave it all. How many have gotten more since then? No, I surrender daily. I surrender daily. Why? Because, you know, I, I told my wife before we got married, I loved her. We got married, didn't tell her for six months. Couldn't figure out why she was crying. <laughs> you don't tell me you love me. Well, I told you already. But what? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That's not a that's not a sermon illustration. That's not evangel. I just didn't. I did what I think I did what we sometimes do as Christians. I did what I needed to do to get saved. I did what I needed to do to get married. Well, that checked that box. But you know what? Marriage is more than just. The, the, the church ceremony. Marriage is a continual thing. Continual thing. And if you want it to go south, just forget it. Thank you, Lord. I surrender all. Relationships take time. Jesus wants you to want him. Jesus wants you to want him. Thank you, Lord. His house is predominantly a house of prayer. And let me just say that, uh, let me just clarify this. There's more than one definition for prayer. You're not just getting down on your knees and giving God your grocery list. Your praise, your worship, your thanksgiving. It's funny, when you read in the Bible about prayer, it well, in the New Testament, it always concludes with thanksgiving. You know, sometimes that I think we have so neglected the thanksgiving, I think we need to catch up on that before we, before we go with the other. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, again, his house is a house of prayer. His temple is is a corporate house. It is also a individual house. 1 Corinthians chapter 3.16 says, Do you not know that, that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. If anyone, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are? He was writing here, to a group of believers. If anyone comes to destroy the temple of God, God will destroy them. Thank you, Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the member of Christ and make them members of a harlot? 
Certainly not. Or do you not know that what is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, they say, shall become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. You've got to realize that this isn't just a mechanical thing. There's something that happens when we come to Christ there, we become changed on the inside. I become joined to Christ. Um, thank you, Lord. You know, you have to kind of, you kind of have to think about what you're going to say sometimes. I've gotten in trouble by just saying whatever comes. <laughs> thank you, Lord. He says in verse 18, he says, flee sexual immorality and every sin that a man does is outside of the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. You know, there's some sins that don't really affect you physically, but, there are, but the sexual immorality affects you physically. It affects you emotionally. Thank you, Lord. You know, the Bible says that, uh, that he restores our soul. I think sometimes because of, of many sexual encounters, sometimes we have to have our souls restored because we have been connected to so many people. Been connected to so many people. Well, I, that, was just, that was just a quickie. That don't make any difference. That is a connection. And God wants to restore our soul. He wants to cleanse us. Thank you, Lord. That's why he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke. We don't like that word yoke. But the, right, but the Bible says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Thank you, Lord. I want to go back to um, Mark chapter 11, verse 17, where the Bible, where Jesus points out that my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. One of the reasons why Jesus was upset was because those that were running the temple had, had confiscated an area that was set aside for Gentiles. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all Jews or for all nations. For all nations. So what, so what the uh, high priest did was they pushed out the... the, um, the the people are the Gentiles. They couldn't come in and they started selling. They started selling sheep and goats. They started selling sacrifices, but they were charging exorbitant amounts. Now, if you lived a long way away, you could sell your sheep or your goat. You could get your money. But if you came and you had Roman money, well, that wasn't worth as much. So the exchange, so they ripped them off on their exchange. That's why Jesus said, you have made my house a den of thieves. You have, 
you have made it difficult for my people to worship me. Thank you, Lord. They not only hindered the Gentiles from worshiping God, but they also were ripping off the people. Jesus, uh, they hated Jesus because he exposed their racket. Well, when they hated Jesus, they also hated God. They hated God. <laughs> Have you ever been exposed by God? What do you do? Do you get angry? Or do you humble yourself? You know, I think if they would have humbled themselves, they could have received salvation. But they hardened their heart against him, and actually they were the ones that uh, crucified him, had him crucified. Well, let me just talk uh, uh, for a moment about prayer. Since Jesus said that his house would be called a house of prayer, we together are a house of prayer. You individually are a house of prayer. In John chapter 5, I'll begin in verse 13. He says, these things I have written unto you who believe in the name of the Son of God. How many of you believe in the name of the Son of God? Yes. What is the name of the Son of God? Jesus. Jesus. Well, just three people that were real sure. <laughs> well, what if it's Yahweh? It's Jesus. These things I have written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. How many of you know yes. that you've got eternal life? Yes. How many of you know that if you leave this life today, you have eternal life? Yes. Well, not everybody knows that. My grandfather, I never could convince him. He thought that you wouldn't know until you got there. But he also had a theology that the Chinese were the chosen people. <laughs> if you want, uh, don't even ask. <laughs> anyway, that you may know that you have eternal life, that you may continue to believe. I don't have time for it today. I'd like to do it some other time, but he says that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. There is a continuation of faith. We don't just go to the altar once and say, well, I believed, past tense. That we continue to believe in the name of the, of the Son of God. We have a no-so salvation, and that's wonderful. Then he says in verse 14, he says, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Let me ask you a question. This is a rhetorical question. I'm not looking for hands. When you pray, do you have confidence that God is going to answer your prayer? I told you not to answer. <laughs> you have confidence. I mean, you know like you, like there's the no-so salvation, there's also the no-so prayer. I know he's going to answer this. Well, how do I know? Because we ask according to his will. Well, I don't know what his will is. I'm still trying to fig figure it out. 
Well, he says that his will is to believe on the name of the Son of God. He says in verse 15, And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we ask of him. If we ask according to the will of God, we know that we have the petition. Now, how do I know what the will of God is? Well, we have a book. We have a book. I remember, uh, I remember uh, somebody said, well, they were believing for this particular person. They wanted to marry him. The problem is they already had a spouse. I would say that's not according to, well, what things soever you desire when you pray. No, you've got to, you have to uh, interpret scripture with scripture. So, and if we know he hears us, we know, we know that we have the petition that we ask of him. Your faith is revealed by your confidence in God being true to his word. Do you have confidence that God's not a liar? Or do you just have confidence that he does it for everybody else but you? The reality is, is you are his temple. Jesus is zealous for you. He is zealous to drive out that which is trying to destroy you. He's zealous. God hears his word. It will not return unto him void. That's found in, uh, in Isaiah 54, I believe. But also in Psalm 103, verse 20, the Bible says, you know, uh, how many of you think you know a scripture and you try to find it and you can't find it? Well, uh, in my definition of this scripture, I'm thinking the Bible says that the angels hearken unto the voice of his word. Well, it's not hearken. They heed. The Bible says in Psalm 103.20, heeding the voice of his word, the angels hear the word of God and they're sent out in dispatch. Sent out in dispatch. And let me just close with this. None of this is mechanical. Jesus said, the great, Jesus was asked one time, what is the greatest command? The greatest command, he, uh, he answered, and said, you'll love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's not enough just to love God. Jesus, uh, the, well, John said, how can you say you love God whom you have not seen and hate your brother who you do see. So for us, for prayer to be answered, it's got to be a love relationship with God, but it also has to be a love relationship that goes outward because the scripture says that when you ask in prayer, if you have aught or something against someone, then you are to forgive so that your heavenly Father can forgive you.
So we praise, we in worship and prayer, praise and worship is an intentional act. How many of you just wait to pray when you feel like it? Well, the Spirit hasn't moved me today. Well, I know one guy said, if the Spirit doesn't move me, I move the Spirit. I move the Spirit. You don't wait until you feel like praying, some, because the reality is, is each one of us has an enemy that tries to keep us out of the prayer room. So, praise and prayer and worship are an intentional act. Also, did you know that love's an intentional act? How many of you just wait until you get that loving feeling? (laughs) You you wait until you get the love. No, you better not just wait until you get the loving feeling. You better just do the love. Because I don't want any, I don't want any of your spouses come in and start singing to me, they've lost that love and feeling. Oh, that love and feeling. They've lost that love and feeling. Now they're gone, gone, gone. No. <laughs> now we're going to we're going to act on the word of God. We want to act. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you that. You have called us to be the temple of the Holy Spirit, not just individually, but corporately. Father, we, I want to take this time in prayer to lift up John Moran and his family. Father, uh, he recently lost his mother and just, just the other day lost his father. And Father, we just lift up that whole family in the name of Jesus and ask for the power of God just to move upon them with your love and your comfort and your grace. Father, we pray, Lord God, that that grief will not overpower them in any way, shape, or form. But Lord God, that there would just be a presence of your Holy Spirit, Father God, to manifest to them. And Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for the word of God that says, Lord God, that uh, Lord that to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. So we pray that that truth, Lord God, just be magnified in their lives in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And Father God, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, for the, for the Holy Spirit to take the truth of the word of God Lord God, and just reveal it to each one of us. Lord, I pray that you give us all a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. Father, that we might know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. That we might all know and experience what is the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe according to the working of your mighty power, which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead, seated him at your own right hand in heavenly places far above all principalities and powers, might and dominion. Father, we thank you, Lord, that the Holy Spirit is sent to help us in our prayers. And so, Lord God, it's not just us praying, Lord God, what what we desire from our 
from our own mind, but Father, what the Holy Spirit has placed in our hearts. We give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask the, the team to come up.